Welcome back to the Collector Evolution Podcast. And I know it's been some time since I did an episode, and it's for good reason. I've been pretty busy doing uh, some of my own uh, sort of work in the realm of producing a program, a course to teach a lot of the different things that I've been training in over the last five years, um, but also a lot of the stuff that has kind of emerged in the last 15 years as I've gone through the healing arts and the transformational space and really uh, taken in and embodied that work, as well as um, kind of how I've linked that to what is going on in our external world, um, including what's happening right now and what we call this this meta crisis, or some people refer to it as like a shift in consciousness. Um, you know, this moment where we're recognizing that our society has sort of reached this point of collapse, where we're seeing a lack of trust in institutions, and um, we're not sure about the direction. We know that we're kind of in a self-terminating mode right now. Um, we have environmental crises, we have mental health crises, we have meaning crisis going on and that's part of what we're going to talk about but as all of this stuff is converging at one time we're seeing people are feeling burnt out they're feeling a lack of purpose they're feeling um, like they want to distract themselves constantly they might feel a lot of stress Um, maybe they're feeling like they can't express their emotions and through all of this stuff we're not living our fullest lives and um, part of that is of course environmental meaning like the actual world that we've designed around ourselves is not necessarily conducive for our thriveability, but there is a lot of it that is in our own control, meaning if we know how to work with our nervous system, if we know how to work with our consciousness, our emotions, and really become more efficient in how we use our energy as human beings, we can live a much more fluid and resilient life. And the program that I'm going to be releasing shortly is really showing how to do that from the aspect of the training in the nervous system space and um, in the embodiment space and the consciousness space that I've been focusing on for the past while. So um, if you haven't joined the email list, please check the uh, description for joining that email list so that you can be the first to know about this upcoming program. It's going to be pretty soon and um, I will kind of let everybody know once I'm uh, really close so that you guys can be ready. But um, I want to talk today about a study I came across out of the UK, and this sort of came through a conversation about um, about what's unfolding in our world, and we're talking about meaning, and we're talking about how so many people feel this um, this lack of purpose, this lack of meaning in life, and um, I came across a study, and the study was, the results of this survey was essentially stating that, you know, 80% of people across the board, across all age groups, 80% of people feel that their life is meaningless, feel that they can't attune and sense and feel a sense of meaning and purpose in their life. This is a huge statistic, but it is exactly what you might expect when you look at our existing society. And interestingly, around 89% of people between the ages of 18 and 30 feel that their life is meaningless. So now we're getting close to 90% there when it comes to younger generations. Um, and I, you know, I think that's fascinating for uh, another reason, which I want to unpack. But interestingly, I want to just touch on the fact that most people, when they said, oh, you know, what is, what is the reason for why you think your life is meaningless? They talked about having a lack of finances and that lack of finances was, was leading them to not being able to live a meaningful life because they couldn't afford things or they couldn't do certain things. And in essence, maybe their life is starting to feel like they're just going to work just to survive all day long. And um, there's a number of interesting pieces to this that I think are worth discussing as it relates to this subject of meaning, because when we think about meaningfulness and when we think about having a purpose in life, oftentimes we think about a spiritual component. And 
to me, this is absolutely a big part of our of our lives as human beings, is we we are literally wired to have spiritual experience and to be connected to something greater than ourselves. And it's built, if you look at the studies, for example, of uh, uh, Lisa Miller, she's a, a doctor who's been studying um, the brain for a very long time and has discovered quite a few things about the innate spiritual capability of human beings and why it is that we're meant to be connected to something greater than ourselves and to have spiritual or mystical experiences and that these experiences are not just, um, you know, things that are happening in the brain that are, um, you know, giving us hallucinations, but there's something greater. There's a, there's a deeper connection that we have to, um, something that's greater than ourselves in essence. And, um, when we define spirituality in a sense that way, and we looked at, and we look at how we relate to our world, we look at how we relate to each other, from that position, we start to sense that this sense of meaning and this sense of purpose can come from something other than the externalities that we experience in our life. Now, some of those externalities are, of course, important, but this connection to something deeper, to something greater than ourselves, is what people have been sort of finding meaning in for centuries, right? We've, we have so many uh, religious traditions that are sort of containers for how people will experience a sense of something greater than themselves and be able to follow a set of practices or something like that to attune to, to connect with something greater than themselves, right? Whether it be prayer um, or whether it be some other form of modality that that sort of has them build a relationship with God or with something that's greater than um, just having a conversation with themselves. And, you know, a lot of people in, in the modern era have kind of become a little disenfranchised with religions and mainly for, I think, uh, meaningful reasons, like they're good reasons. Um, I myself was born Catholic and and I never really um, found a lot of comfort or peace in the religion. It, it, a lot of things, a lot of the teachings were um, not really fulfilling that spiritual sort of excitement for me, um, and nor were the answers um, that I was getting from the tradition uh, meaningful. And so I, I left um, the Catholic tradition very, very early on um, and was kind of forced through a number of the sacraments when I was younger, even though they didn't resonate with me in, in virtually any way. Now, it's not to say that there aren't mystical traditions associated with every religion that I think do have meaning and do have value. Um, it's more so to say the, the organized portion of religion, I know for a lot of people around the world, is not feeling great. And the challenge is, is in this crisis of meaning, we're, we're sort of moving away from these older traditions of religion and we're moving into a space where maybe we are um, not exploring something that connects us to something greater. You know, some people might and some people aren't. Some people are becoming uh, very scientific in their thought or very left-brained in their thought um, where everything is um, separate. Everything is, is, a, is a part and there's, no, there's not a connection to a whole. Um, there's not a sense of interconnectivity to the way we in, interact with our environment, with nature, with other people, um, with a greater sense of meaning or purpose in the world and that everything is kind of just clinical. It's this very um, modern, scientific, nihilistic almost um, worldview. And through a lot of that, which has kind of been pervading our culture for, for quite some time, I think it's leading people to try and find meaning and externality. And so much of our culture is built around, well, if you have money, if you have, you know, a house, if you have a nice car, and if you, you know, have a couple of kids and kind of, you know, have a family and do these sorts of things, you're going to find meaning and you're going to find purpose. And it's a story as old, old as time uh, in a modern world where, you know, people are coming back after attaining all those things going, 
yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't really bring me to that meaning and that purpose that I, th <laughs> I thought it would. And, um, and the interesting thing about that is that ultimately we're seeing that in this particular survey, you have people saying a lack of finances is stopping me from having meaning, meaning we're seeing the, the belief within a lot of these people that are saying they have no meaning in life that are saying, well, because I don't have the house, because I don't have the car, because I don't have the money. And that's what our culture has stated. That's where I'm going to find the meaning in life. That's where I'm going to find purposes by obtaining these externalities. Um, because I don't have that, I don't have a chance at meaning because I, I don't have the money to get those things. But if I got the money to get those things, then I would feel good. And this is kind of the paradox and the sort of the self-terminating uh, loop that exists within this worldview of, you know, material gains, material possession will lead to meaning. Um, this is sort of the story of our modern culture. This is the story of our mainstream belief system and the worldview that drives it is we're seeing how it is looping, meaning these people answered the question, why do I not have meaning? Well, it's because I don't have money based on the programming, the conditioning that was sort of a faulty or flawed begin with, which states that, you know, in essence, you're going to find meaning once you have these things. And interestingly, as a sort of a paradox and something that's happening at the exact same time is you have 80% of people across the board who are not finding meaning and purpose regardless of their financial status and their financial state because the other 50% of people that did not say that money was their primary reason, um, a lot of them have money, a lot of them have houses, a lot of them have cars, a lot of them have attained all the things that people are stating um, were are, are the reasons why they're not feeling meaning and yet they're still saying, I don't have meaning and I don't have purpose in life. And I think... A lot of this just comes back to this question of what are we connecting that is to that is bigger than ourselves? And when we look at what has happened in our society through polarization, through isolation, through social media, through the ways in which we're kind of disconnecting from one another and we're not having meaningful connection where we actually find a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, a sense of, um, let's say, belonging in a way that connects us to the whole as opposed to I might belong to an ideological group that yes it's nice to be within that group but we're kind of enemies to everybody else and everybody else out there is sort of against us I think that is going to produce a situation where we're also going to find a lack of meaning and purpose because in a lot of ways um, we're kind of getting into this position where we're constantly feeling like everybody out there is either about trying to ruin our lives or stop us from getting what we want or, you know, is somehow against us, right? This is the, again, going back to the mindset of this modern world, this heavily, heavily, heavily left brain thinking world is really this mode of competition, othering enemies. I'm trying to compete with everybody else for a piece of the pie, right? This is also built within the system design, then it's reinforced by the ways in which that we think about everything. And so when we have this purveying over and over and over again throughout generation and generation and generation, and it goes against the very things that make human beings thrive, you're eventually going to arrive at a point where not only is the, the design of the society self-terminating, and so we're realizing we're not only hurting ourselves, but we're hurting the nature around us, but at the same time, you're going to have generation after generation after generation. As the society declines, there's going to be less and less and less meaning and purpose felt within the people. And um, my whole argument has always been for the last 15 years that this whole process is actually a, a meaningful evolutionary pressure to evolve the society. Now the question becomes, are we so stuck in our ways that 
we are going to move to that point of self-termination or can we sort of come back to a place where we can reflect on this, where we can attune to this problem, where we can understand the problem outside of ideological biases and, and really get to the core of what is driving what is happening on earth right now and, and get to a point where we realize that the, the change, the transition has to come from our worldview, our, our way of thinking, attending to and, and, and understanding and experiencing the world, each other. A shift in that is what's going to create a shift in the way that we relate, a shift in our, in essence, in our spirituality, a shift in our values, a shift in what we find meaning and purpose in such that is actually coherent with the ways in which that we feel as human beings um, at an innate level versus we think that the things that we're doing right now which are self-terminating are normal. That's like a normal part of being a human being. But as the human being is degrading in its ability, this is across the board, to feel good, it should be a sign that something has gone astray because no being on this planet is self-terminating by design, at least that I know of. If there is one, please correct me. But the vast majority of animals, the vast majority of nature, which we are part of, is not self-terminating by design, right? We don't, we don't, our evolutionary, um, I guess you could say, basis of how we work as beings is that we are always looking to survive. We're looking, everything has a self-reproduction system. We're always looking to keep reproducing and surviving and carrying on and carrying on and adapting to different things. Yet we're seeing that humans are declining, 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 declining because we have this higher order thinking that can interrupt so much of our nature such that we can actually move towards self-termination. So um, there's a lot that can be unpacked within that discussion and I'm kind of just scratching the surface there. So, you know, please don't try and take what I'm saying and just say, well, you know, there's so many other ways of looking at this. I agree that the general point is that when you, you we, I think we all have this sense that there's something off with the way that we're living and that we've kind of gone astray to a point where we're wondering, I think all of us in a lot of these conversations that I have, we're wondering, have we gone too far and is there a way back? Now, I personally believe that there is and that's why my work is what it is because I, I do think there is a way back, but I do think that without freaking out, without becoming alarmist, without going overboard, we can find that way back through meaningful conversation through focusing on our own well-being and focusing on ways of of creating practices that will kind of attune us back into our body and the intelligence that exists within ourselves connecting to something greater than ourselves connecting meaningfully with other human beings regardless of our ideological or belief differences but finding ways to do that is is just some of the early steps to move forward in that and part of the program that I'm developing right now is actually going to be looking at a lot of uh, a big part of this question and, uh, and trying to provide some, um, I guess, some like a container to explore this in a meaningful way. And it's based on the work I do with my clients, the work that I uh, have been studying for the last while, and what I've seen work within my own life to produce this sense of, of connection to not only other people, but a sense of something deeper within myself. So um, I do believe there's a way out is kind of what I'm saying. And um, I, I just wanted to make this particular short video, this, this podcast here, um, as a way of kind of exploring the reality as to how widespread this issue is, just to kind of put it on our radar. Because on one hand, there is this sense that, look, we, we can't control everything going on in the world. And I, and I get that. Um, but there is a sense of there's a call that I believe is happening right now. And that call is to 
take a moment to slow down and pause and really ask the way we live our lives day to day, right? Especially in the developed world. I mean, there's other countries that have different experiences right now, but the way we live our lives day to day, is it really something that is that is worth just kind of keep going, ignoring all of the signs, ignoring all the questions, ignoring all of the, the feelings that we have within ourselves that something's not quite right? Is it worth it to just keep going, even though we're, we're on this path? And we like to complain about it as a collective all day long about who the bad guys are, you know, what's happening with the world, the governments are out of control, everybody's, you know, everybody's doing something wrong. And this is a, a very prominent thing all over the internet. And yet, we're, we're not attuning to a different possibility, the potential for a new story, the potential for a new way of seeing things, the potential for a new worldview. Like, are we paying attention to this call that's within ourselves? And how much space are we making for it? How much attention are we giving to it before we just shut this video off and go to the next distraction on the internet, the next social media post, the next reel? I literally watch my friends go through hundreds and hundreds of reels a day on Instagram, on TikTok. And I think to myself, and, and, and you know, maybe this is harsh, but I think to myself, would a, would, a, would a being that is really attuned to their purpose, their their meaning, the the sense of of wanting to be connected to something greater, would they be doing that if they felt really good? And my gut is is no. I mean, we would connect with each other, we'd have fun, we'd use social media, no problem. But would we be spending hours a day doing this? And I don't think so. I think this is a, a numbing out that we are um, sort of engaged in right now. And this numbing out is an autopilot response to something that's very uncomfortable within ourselves that maybe relates to our own personal story and experience, but also to, I think, a collective phenomenon that is sensed on a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, I mean, a vibratory level. I think we're sensing that something is deeply, deeply off. Um, and it's uncomfortable to look at it. And it's uncomfortable to um, kind of, feel into it. And I think the more capacity we have and the more resilience we can create within ourselves to feel into that underlying core issue without getting lost in the the judgment and the anger and, the, and being pissed off constantly, um, but, but, but sort of sensing and feeling into it from a place of resilience, the more I think we're going to be able to answer this question and, and not do so in an alarmist way. And what do I mean by alarmist? I went to speak at a high school a couple of years ago. And um, when I was with all the students, uh, I had finished my conversation and um, presentation about a lot of things related to my work and, and consciousness and potential and, you know, some of the state of the world. And, and, and of course, this was right in and around the time where sort of the climate alarmism was at a point where they were, you know, politicians were essentially saying, you know, there's 10 years left. That's all these people, you know, there's 10 years left. And so here you have all these high school students saying, well, I have no future. Right? I have no future. And the blank faces, the stares that they had where, you know, they're kind of, what is the point? Right? What is the point of my life when I don't even have a future because there's only 10 years left of good life? And, you know, I don't believe that we only have 10 years left. I do believe that, you know, we are having eco ecological decline. I do believe we're having environmental decline. It's very, very, very clear. Um, but is the CO2 narrative something I buy into? Not, not entirely, no. Um, is the... Uh, is the fact that we only have a few years left something that I buy into? No, I do believe we need to respond. I do believe that the primary factors uh, to responding to this has to do with entire system redesign because uh, the design of our system right now is such that you have to extract from the commons constantly and you have to 
take the commons and you have to put a gate where people don't have access to the commons because we have to make money to get access to those commons as opposed to creating systems that provide enough like well-balanced resources to those people and to everybody so that we have what we need like you could design and develop a system that does that but instead we've developed a system that inherently as an endogenous piece to the system is scarcity there has to be scarcity in our system and so um scarcity and constant extraction which is constant consumption is the only thing that drives the system itself forward so for people who haven't kind of put this together yet, the only way to solve so many of the challenges that we have right now is to actually look at the system design we have right now. It cannot produce. You cannot create the change that we require from the existing system. You can vote for new people. You could try and have new policy. You could try and do different things. It's not going to produce the solutions we need in the long term. In the very, very short term, you might be able to make things just a little bit better. But as I've stated in some previous episodes, you have to be tied into the reality of what we are working within and how our system's operating, you have to be tied into that and you have to understand the long-term changes that need to emerge from all of this. Otherwise, we're going to get caught up in the constant short-term thinking that leads to the self-termination that we're sort of path that we're on uh, as a society. And again, I'm not saying this from an alarmist point of view. I'm saying that every civilization over the course of history has terminated, right? Um, if you look back at history, that is the story of human beings. And it, it often, if, you know, if you study them enough, oftentimes you see something in the way that the society operates goes astray. Um, an over-focus on one particular thing versus another, or some se semblance of domineering, dominance, I'm going to come get you, I'm going to come destroy you, is another piece to the puzzle that um, will often create sort of the self-terminating mindset, the self-terminating worldview that will eventually just start eating itself, right? And so there's there's a fundamental shift in the way human beings relate to themselves and relate to their mind and relate to their faculties that has to change and that is changing. I see it happening. Um, so that's all I kind of wanted to touch on in this particular piece right now is just to kind of lay out a, a few sort of realities uh, around this subject. And I've, I've done some previous episodes um, I think it's, I called them literally episode one to eight or one to nine of this podcast, where I kind of go through these various pieces of this meta crisis, this shift in consciousness that is occurring. And I kind of discuss each one. So if you're interested, go back and check out those. Um, but I, I just wanted to come on here, do something quick, talk about this, let you know that more episodes are going to be coming very, very soon with conversations with, you know, between interesting people, all related to things like, um, our current moment and system redesign and how we find, you know, things like meaning and resilience and transformation in this life. Um, you know, what are some of the new, uh, you know, solutions that are emerging? How do we solve for, you know, the existing situation we have right now? So it's a lot of this stuff related to this concept of collective evolution is ultimately what uh, I'm going to be focusing on. So a lot of that is coming up. Um, and yeah, just stay tuned because, um, and probably within about a week or two weeks, there's going to be a consistent release of weekly podcasts again. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to leave a review on this podcast, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, it helps the podcast grow. And uh, please share with your friends and family. Take care.